sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. 
For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than your father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, and his sons and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give shall never thirst. The water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband. This you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such the Father seeks to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah who is coming, He who is called Christ, when He comes, He will show us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Just when His disciples came, they marveled that He was talking with a woman. But none said, What do you wish? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away to the city and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the city and were coming to Him. Meanwhile, the disciples besought Him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him food? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say, do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see how the fields are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here is the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. 
Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of your words that we believe, for we have heard ourselves. And we know that this is indeed Christ the Savior of the world. Glory to Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Christ is risen. And happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Somehow or another today, I want to for sure talk about motherhood and its importance. But I also want to tie in the memory of St. Fotini, the great martyr and equal to the apostles, the Samaritan woman, because she too was a mother, and she provides us with an example of motherhood. But before I do that, I just want to remind all of us of the central importance of motherhood. It is one of those sacred roles that God calls a woman to. It's one of the most important, fundamental foundations of the family, therefore of the church, and therefore of society. And it calls forth from the woman who becomes a mother everything that she has. All of her time, all of her talents, and a lot of her treasure. Mothers play the role of teachers, of co-creators with God. They are disciplinarians. They are oftentimes maids and servants and cleaning ladies and gardeners and even handy men and people who do way more than they were ever initially trained for. They're nurses, they're doctors, they're first responders, they're counselors and psychologists, they're chauffeurs, they're coaches and mentors. Even saying chauffeur brings back a bad memory for me. <laughs> I think I'll share it because it came to me. My mom was certainly a chauffeur. Uh, I was in sports all year long from the time I was six. And there was a period of time in my life that happened during a summer. I must have been 10 or 11. And I lost my mind. 
I lost my memory. I could not remember if I had baseball practice or if I didn't have baseball practice. And it was a travel team, and so practices weren't close by the house. And my mom would take me, and there would be nobody there. She wouldn't take me, and everybody would be there. And it was a nightmare, and she was such a good sport. And uh, so when you think about all the times you kids that your mom picks you up and drives you and takes you everywhere, always with a smile on her face and with an even peacefulness about her, (laughs) don't take that for granted. Mothers are in many, many ways developers of the personalities that God has given their children. They help educate them and mold and shape their vocabularies, their attitudes, their dispositions, their values. In many ways, mothers are an important link to God. The love of a mother is probably one of the most closest natural expressions of God's love for us that we experience so early in our life. It's in this way that the mother serves as that link between us and God. And when it goes well for the children and that nurturing and that bond takes place between the mother and that child, that mother gives that child a huge advantage in having an open heart towards receiving and understanding the love of God. I would say that the role of motherhood, because it calls forth from this woman so much, and so much virtue, that it gives her every single possible opportunity through her motherhood. To fulfill the commandments of God. You think about when a newborn comes into being. And every two hours that baby is nursing, doing its duty, going to sleep, waking, nursing, on and on throughout the cycle. All 24 hours, every two hours. Think about the degree of self-emptying, of self-sacrifice that is called forth from that person. We men, we have no idea because there's no equivalent of the amount of vigilance and sacrifice that is called forth from that person. And if that mother engages completely and remembers God and is prayerful through that experience... Talk about a shortcut to sainthood. And now I would like to segue to the Samaritan woman. And there's so much that could be said about her, but I'm going to try to tie it into her motherhood. It's interesting that <clears throat> although the gospel doesn't say it, this woman had five sisters. And she had two sons. She was very well known in her village. And I always marvel at this gospel passage. 
Because even though she confesses before Christ that she was living a sinful life in some ways, she had had five husbands and the one that she was living with wasn't her husband. She wasn't even married to him. And this the Lord drew out of her and she owned it and took responsibility. And when she began to be illumined and understand who she was talking to, you could see the deep repentance that took place in her. Remember that she was serving her family when she was motivated to come to the well. She was carrying on her shoulder a large stone jar that was empty and that she was going to fill and carry this burden back to her home for her five sisters and her two sons. That was her original purpose. But she left the stone jar there. She received the living water that Christ was offering her and she totally forgot about her original reason for going to the well. She was so on fire that she had found the Messiah or rather he had found her. For he made a beeline not around Samaria but to Samaria, to the well of Jacob because he knew and foresaw what kind of heart this woman had. He knew that she would own her sinfulness. He knew that she would repent. He knew that she would want to share this treasure that she had found. So she went back to the village. Now, it doesn't say the details. It just says she went back to the village and she gave her testimony. She told the the, the villagers, "Could could I have found the Messiah? Come and see Him. But we know that she would have first gone to her family. She wouldn't have gone to the outsiders first. She would have gone to those who were closest to her. She would have said the same thing. Now the thing that just is so interesting is how hard is it for us when we have found the pearl of great price by our words alone to convince others of the same thing that we're feeling inside ourselves. How many of you have been 100% successful in converting your family? How many of you have been 100% successful in converting your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, the people that you, your path crosses? We would all raise our hand and say, not very successful, at least not by our words. Something was different about this Samaritan woman. Do you know that she was 100% successful in converting her five sisters? 100% successful in converting her two sons. Initially based on her testimony, but we know even more powerfully based on her life and her way of life. There was something very, very special about her, even though... At the time that Christ found her, she wasn't perfect. She had a passion, and it was playing deeply inside of her. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the rest of her story. After Jesus came to the village and stayed there, she believed to such a degree that she was baptized by the apostles, and she received the name Fotini, which means illumined one. Someone who had gone from the darkness to the light. And this is very much what characterized her conversion. The apostles and Christ left and they completed their ministry. 
And she stayed in that area, deepening her knowledge of the faith and of God, deepening her life of prayer, and deepening her repentance, preparing herself. And when Peter and Paul had become martyred in Rome, that is when she felt called by God to leave Palestine and go to Carthage to preach the good news. By this time, one of her sons had already joined the military, the Roman army. And he had gone, remaining a Christian, and had climbed the military ladder to the point that he was a commander, a general. She and her sisters and one of her sons was in Carthage, and her other son was out in Asia Minor fighting for Rome. His reputation had reached such a degree that they wanted him to come back to Italy in order to arrest Christians. What a dilemma. He was a Christian. His whole rank, being obedient as a military soldier to the people above him and demanding military obedience to the people below him, was totally at stake. Somebody in Italy who was under him knew that he was a Christian and tried to persuade him, saying... You'll be able to take their riches when they're arrested. Every single person that you persuade to renounce their faith, their riches become yours. Didn't persuade him at all. The more this person under him tried to persuade this son, who was baptized Fotinos, also a lumen one, he became sick and actually was blinded. And until he saw the light through the servant of God, Fotini's son, he remained blind. The moment he saw the light, he converted, and all of his servants converted, and this is what brought him, Fotinos, the son of Fotini, in front of Nero. The Lord, through the Holy Spirit, made it, uh, this known to Fotini, and she gathered her five sisters and her other son, and they left Carthage and they went straight to Rome because she wanted to be with her son. Now, she wanted to go not to dissuade him, not to protect him in the worldly sense. She wanted to go so that she could encourage him in the face of martyrdom, of horrible torture, of suffering, and a sure death. Because Nero, as you know, was not friendly to Christians. And it's interesting, both of the sons were martyred first. And I won't go into the details of the torture because they're X-rated, really. They're not meant for general public. Fotini remained steadfast as a mother who wanted her sons to pass over from this life into eternal life. And so she stood there as their cheerleader, much like St. Sophia with her three daughters, Faith, Hope, and Love. The five sisters were next. They then were martyred. Why do you think that God preserved Fotini until the end? Because of her role as mother. Because it was out of her testimony, out of the witness of her life, out of her deep love for her children and her sisters, 
that they were even Christians to begin with. And God wanted what you need to be able to stand there and keep strengthening them so that they would remain steadfast in their faith before such an ordeal. And then finally, after long torture, she, with the irony and the sick-mindedness of Nero, was thrown in a dry well because Nero had heard that she had come to faith at a well. And St. Fotini, this great martyr and equal to the apostles, an ideal mother, gave up her spirit to the Lord. So my dear brothers and sisters, all of us come from a mother. And I encourage you, if your mother is still alive, that you reach out to her today. That you call to your mind the memories of all that she has and is doing for you, and you let her know it. Sometimes good words, eulogies, are reserved until people are dead. But people need to be encouraged. They need to hear the good words while they're alive so that that encouragement can continue to bolster them. And if you're in your mother's presence today and you have that opportunity to be with her and to be close to her, make sure that she knows that you honor her role as a mother, this sacred role that has given you this first experience of the love of God that is a link to God. And you mothers... In the face of how oftentimes motherhood is attacked in our society and devalued, raise up this sacred role. Commit yourself to it. Give all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength to it as a means of your salvation and as a means of linking your children to the Almighty God who transcends fatherhood and motherhood in every way because He is our Creator. Amen.